Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner. In today's episode, I'm joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? Hi, Coach Steve. I'm really well. Thank you. How are you? I'm I'm really well. I'm really well and I'm excited like always Nick because today is episode number 8 of the Coach's Corner. We're making our way closer to the double digits of the mm-hmm. Coach's Corner and we're getting some really nice feedback from our listeners. So thank you so much. Uh, if you enjoy these types of episodes, let us know. You can let us know in places like our Facebook social hub that you're enjoying this type of shorter content where we talk about uh, more actionable tips and advice about your fitness, nutrition, training, body transformation journey. So Nick, how good is this? Yeah, and eight is very symmetrical. So eight would do well um, in a bodybuilding competition because eight has incredible symmetry, the tiniest waist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Like it. Isn't, isn't eight, eight, eight like a, a lucky thing? Uh, maybe yes. in Eastern cultures, like 888, like a lucky number. It, it could be. Someone can let us know. But do you think we'll get to episode 888? One day, one day, Nick, one day. If we do one every week, uh, it'll only take us, you know, maybe like 16 years to get there. We'll get there. <laughs> again, maybe 17, that's the number I'm looking for. But, Nick, without further ado, let's move into the Coach Corner where we offer our tip for the week. So, Nick, start us off. Take us away. What advice do you have for us? Okay, welcome to me. Thank you very much, everybody. Round of applause. So uh, because we are going into the first check-in phase, this is the time when it's really important to start to self-audit. So I'm just going to go over some questions that you can be asking yourself to make sure that your challenge journey is optimal for you. Because what we start to see in the forums and, um, you know, the Facebook groups, any channel of communication, people start to have a mini panic if they're not getting the results that they're after. And they start to reach for things such as, uh, is there a place where I can get my body scan? That that sort of thing. uh, You start to see it. Um, Why is this happening? My weight hasn't gone down. All that sort of stuff. You start to see this kind of collective panic. And I just want to come back to some things that you can do. So Right now, I'm the pilot in the plane. You think that the plane is going down, and I'm telling you to sit down, put your seatbelt on, and it's not even oxygen mask time yet. That'll be week eight. This is just, let's just chill out. There's a little bit of turbulence, and I'm going to talk you through it. So, would you trust me? Yes, you should. I'm not even going to let you answer because it's not your turn. (laughs) Okay. So, first thing is about those foods. The foods. Now, you may have been just getting to know about weighing and tracking food. So now is the time when you can become a little bit more sophisticated. So it's like when you first start saving money, you might just have one account. And then you start to look at stuff like um, uh, an offset account for your mortgage, all sorts of more sophisticated things that that has, my husband Shane would be much better at talking about than I am. But you're in the next level now. So welcome to the next level. This is where you really have to make sure that you are weighing your food. If you've got a calorie target, you want to weigh your food and then even get into the minute details if you haven't already about whether you're weighing your food raw or cooked. So even though obviously you're never going to be able to get the exact same conditions of when you cook something, um, you know, that the water uh, in the in the objects that you've cooked might be different. They might weigh a little bit different. So I suggest weighing stuff raw. That's that's my suggestion. But that is a really way to get an accurate 
data reading on your food now also let me just say to you if ever, if everything's working for you you can just ignore my section and fast forward to steve's section it's fine but just in case you are like oh i need to really refine this to get the most out of the next eight or so weeks of the challenge even though um you know you might be panicking a bit this is how you can come back to it are you tracking all the foods i've said this a million times we say this so if it goes into your mouth you track it so licks bites everything and just small bites of people's things track it once you start tracking and that's a common theme in the top 10 podcasts they say once i actually started tracking my food properly i started to see changes because you would be surprised at how much a real serving size is of something say even a bag of chips or something a serving size is usually it's really sad but it's usually about 10 chips or something so um just get to know those serving sizes really go back to basics make sure that you're weighing tracking measuring so this is stuff that if you have a panic attack and contact us on the forum we will tell you this um make sure that you are getting the required steps so if you thought oh hang on my calories are too low i am going to put my activity level up to get a few more calories, but you haven't been honoring that activity level, this is the time to actually look at that step target and get out there and get moving. You will be surprised at how much, how important that is. And I know that in the last Coach's Corner, I believe it was, Coach Steve did talk about um, what what is um, makes up your metabolism and stuff. And that that neat, that, um, that movement is, is a big deal. So we want you to get your steps to really replicate what you should be doing during the day, what you would have been doing if you were somebody, a nomad years ago, just moving around. We're very sedentary or sedentary these days. So you want to make sure that you are getting your steps. Your sleep, your sleep, it's really important. So if you're not sleeping well, if you are starting to get up early because you are training and this is your time that you've decided that you want to start to train, but your sleep is lacking, do you need to go to bed earlier? Do you need to watch your caffeine intake prior to, um, or, you know, post about maybe I would say the cutoff should probably be about one o'clock or so um, if you're really watching your sleep. You know, um, that's really, really important because, it's something like, and Coach Steve will know the data way better than I do. I'll just chuck it out there. But I think it's like you can really stuff up um, about, I don't know if it's, this might be exaggerating, but it's like 70% of muscle gain or or something along those lines is done You if you if you don't sleep. I think it's like seven to nine hours a night you need. So it's, it, you, it's a really big figure that can really be stuffed around if you're not sleeping perfectly. That doesn't mean that you can't gain and you can't get PBs and stuff, but it's just a good thing to think of that sleep is your real base. It's the time where you recover and repair and it doesn't, it's not an ice bath, which, you know, you don't want to do after training anyway. It's not a sauna. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free, but you just got to try and get it under control. The next bit is your training. Are you actually connecting with your training? So um, once you've started to connect with your training, it's almost like every time you rock up, you know that there's going to be something that happens in your training that's going to be a little bit scary. It doesn't mean you're going to failure. It doesn't mean, but you're going to push. There's going to be some element of feeling pretty uncomfortable in the gym at some point just to get that extra stimulus that you need so um you know you don't want to just go through and go through the motions and if you're in a hurry or just bash out those reps you really want to make sure that you are connecting with that training so um are you writing down your data are you actually looking and tracking what's going on or do you just go in there and pick up your weights and go this will do do you get distracted um 
I mean, I, I often see people go into the gym that I go into and they'll spend half the time talking and it's all good. And I know gym is a social thing, but sometimes I think, I, why do you look the same? It might be because of that. And I'm not trying to say that that's a bad thing or a good thing, but I just know sometimes that if you can get into that zone and really push, that's where the magic happens um, with both physique changes and also those mental changes where the gym becomes something else, something extra that's beyond even just a social thing. It's like, it's life. Um, and yeah, come back to your real goal. So if you've decided that it's a little bit hard to um, weigh and track and do all the steps, maybe having that six pack isn't your real goal. Maybe it's just improving those health markers and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the thing. So what level do you want to take it? That's what you've got to decide because ultimately you're responsible for that. So go back to your real goal, go back to your why. Has it changed? Have your values changed? Has um, something else become your priority throughout the challenge? Has family become top priority? Sometimes that happens. Um, where does your health and fitness sit in your priority scale in these 12 weeks? And if you're not able to make it top priority, that's okay. You just need to acknowledge that and go, okay, I'm reassessing my goals. This is what target I'm going to hit. Um, and then the final one I'm going to say is the usual one, which I think we've rabbited on about a lot, but just getting over your scale fears. Now, getting over your scale fears, has it's become a trend to say, forget about the scale. I say, as I've said a million times, the opposite. Embrace the scale. If, it, if you want to talk about it, embrace what's the opposite to forget. Remember, use, utilize, make use of um, the scale. Uh, it is really important because if you are trying to lose weight, you should be losing weight. I, I don't know what else to say. Yes, you might be recomposing. You might be gaining a little bit of muscle, um, especially if you're new. Um, but it also, if you have a lot of weight to lose, we do want to see that scale go down. So it will go down if you are following what you need to follow. And um, we need to assess that by looking at the things above. Of course, there are things that are going to mask that progress, but over time, we do want to see shifts in the scale. We want to see it going down. So um, often people have been a bit resistant to that and then they go, okay, I have actually embraced that data and I am aware of it. So therefore, I decided to get my steps in. I decided to start tracking my food. I decided to really knuckle down on everything and everything changed there. So if you are going through a muscle gain phase, your, your set point will be different. So for me, um, it, it's no longer about losing weight all the time unless I'm doing uh, a competition where you you know you have a, a particular stage weight so my set weight is it's not really that exciting it's maybe like one kilo higher than what it used to be simply because I've been gaining muscle for a number of years and because I'm not enhanced it's not going to ever be too exciting but i I don't want to lose too much weight. So for me, I want to see the scale. If I'm at maintenance, I want to see it staying where it is. So I still use the scale. I use it every day. And then I look at my average over a week. Um, even somebody asked, you know, the other week, do you use it on your period? I think I spoke about that last week. And I said, yes, I do. Because the data exists whether you want to know it or not. It's like not looking, as we've said previously, at your bank account or opening a bill just because it's, a bit scary. Um, try not to do that. Try to be aware because as soon as we can look at it, we can manage it and we can actually help you with quantifiable data because otherwise we are shooting in the dark. 
So, yeah, there are a few things just to think of, and I'm hoping that it gives you comfort because there's something that you can do about all this stuff. So I'm not meaning to scare you. I'm just giving you a little bit of a pep talk and, yeah, have a look, go through all that. And Coach Steve, do you have any to add? Do I have any to add? Nick, I think you have summarised a very good starting point for questions to complete a self-audit or a reflection process, especially as we get deeper into the challenge or more broadly through body transformation, right? Where it is an, a, a, an act, probably the most powerful act, most powerful behavior, which is reflecting on your journey, reflecting on where you need to improve. Because, you know, when we look at fitness, when we look at health, when we look at body transformation, it's, it's very multifaceted. If that's even a right way to say it, very multifaceted. It is multifaceted where there's so many compartments to think about where um, it's only when you stop and reflect on each one of these compartments that we can audit those areas. And that might be the limiting factor where, you know, if you are, are, are amazing in the gym, you're, you're, you're smashing it in the gym, um, you're, you're doing everything really well in the, in the kitchen and eating really good food. Um, but let's say your sleep is pretty average. You enjoy staying up night, playing, staying up late at night, playing video games or watching Netflix, or maybe your sleep environment isn't great. You, you, you bring all the pets into bed with you and, you know, maybe your kid sleeps in bed with you as well. And you're getting up multiple times in the night. So you're in bed for 10 hours, but you're only asleep for five of those hours then that's the limiting factor to your progress. So then when you sit there and go, well, I've been training for 10 years and I'm not getting any more gains, how do I go get, get further? We need to find the limiting factor. And if we do improve something like your sleep, then great, that's when you kick off and you get beginner gains again, even though you're 10 years into your journey. Um, so yeah, I think you really nailed it, Nick. Firstly, you wanna track your food, uh, think about what you're eating and, and every aspect of the food that you're eating. And the classic one is, you know, you might be, tracking your food really well Monday to Friday, then come the weekend, you're like, ah, I'm having a break. And that's when you fall apart. Or maybe once a month you go out and go on a bender for, for a Friday night uh, and you consume 2000 calories on a Friday night, you average that out over like a weekly or a monthly caloric intake. And that is enough to tip you over the, over the edge. So, you know, track all the food that you're eating, talking about uh, our neat and our step count, talking about our sleep quality, uh, talking about, execution in the gym you know are you doing quality training spoke about reflecting on your goals if it's actually something you you want or something that you think you want it's two different things and then of course um looking at data points as much data as we can and and really overcoming that that uh relationship that we might have with certain data points specifically how much we weigh um because we all have emotional responses to how much we weigh um but you know that is just some good quality data that we want to be appreciating Mm, very good. Nick, I'd like to take the little microphone here and I would like to talk about the superpower that us humans have. And that's giving away, I'm a human. Yes, Nick, you're a human, I hope. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hope all our listeners here are humans at the moment and that we know that get taken over by aliens and then they listen back to this. So hello, aliens. Uh, if you are listening to this, um, I hope you enjoy the superpower of humans. And if I gave away the superpower of humans, I'm sorry to the human race that we have been dominated by aliens. But I digress, Nick. Okay. How <laughs> much fun is that? That's the How best. How much fun is best. that? Okay. <laughs> Can you please call this aliens, this podcast? Aliens. Nick, uh, look, mm -hmm. so the, hum the human superpower that we have is that we can adapt to any stimulus that we apply to our body, okay? 
We can adapt to almost everything that we apply to our body given enough time, okay? You know, acute stimulus, acute stresses, you know, uh, uh, something that's put in front of us. If it's too high above our capacity, okay, we can fall apart. But if we have enough exposure to a certain stimulus, we can slowly adapt to that stimulus. And it's really cool in the human body. Of course, there are some uh, outliers there, okay? What, you're gonna start exposing yourself to radioactive waste? Okay, now maybe we, we will fall apart there. But the, the broader idea around fitness and health is that we can adapt to uh, most stimuluses that we apply to our body. Now, it's think of it like a pipeline. And what I want to present today is a, a concept, a, an imaginary concept about how we can facilitate the pathway between the stimulus that we apply onto our body to the adaption. Because what we really care about is the adaption, right? You know, the adaption is bigger biceps. The adaption is a, a, a bigger, you know, chest, shoulders. The adaption is weight loss. The adaption is the physique that we're looking for. The adaption is body transformation. That's the adaption. That's what we're really interested in. The stimulus is the strategy that we're applying for that. So that could be training, that could be dieting, that could be modifying our sleep. You know, that's the stimulus. But there's a part in the middle of this sandwich that we really want to pay attention to, and that is recovery, Nick. That is recovery, which is the missing link between the stimulus and then the adaption response, okay? Now, this recover recovery can be a bit of a, a pipeline, a bit of a bottleneck. And when we have too many stimuluses coming into our body, things can slow down in this pipeline, okay, in this bottleneck. And then that can slow down the adaption. So we might be piling in lots of stimuluses, hoping for the best, but then it slows down the adaption because it's just simply too much going on, okay? Now, in exercise science, we call this the stimulus re uh, recovery adaption curve. So SRA, uh, and it's in a curve shape, okay? So SRA, SRA curve uh, is what we will see in uh, exercise science, okay? Now, when we apply a stimulus, let's use exercise as an example. Um, the first thing that happens is our uh, fitness, our defined as readiness to complete a task decreases. So let's say I'm at an imaginary baseline of, I don't know, zero, that's my baseline, the, the, the absolute base. I complete a workout, I go and apply a stimulus, my fitness actually goes down. So I'm now at negative one, okay? Because that's, that's I've, I've applied um, a stimulus to my body. And we can see this in uh, an example of like, let's say a squat. Nick, I go and do a squat at a high intensity level, um, high effort level. Immediately afterwards, I am not as uh, ready, I'm not as fit as I was just before my level of squats, right? You know, I, I won't be able to jump as high, I won't be able to run as far, I won't be able to squat to the same level as I did just before I did that set of squats. So my fitness has actually decreased, okay? So that's the first part is the stimulus part decreases. The next part is the recovery aspect. So going from minus one back to zero, okay? That's the recovery process. Uh, and then once we've recovered from that, we actually go beyond that and we adapt. So then we go into maybe like a plus one. So if you're following along, I'm at a zero, I go down to a minus one, I go back to zero and then I adapt and I go to plus one, okay? So we wanna make this nice curve. What problems we face is when we apply a stimulus on a stimulus on a stimulus. So we go from zero to minus one and then we train again, we go minus two, minus three and then we go deep into this um, fatigued state, this decrease in fitness state where we should be spending time recovering from um, our, our training, but we end up just going down further. So then our adaption, takes longer because we're going down, okay? So I want you to think about recovery, and this is just a novel concept. Think about recovery as a, a highway, okay? You know, if you're in Melbourne, you know, of like the Monash Freeway, uh, if you're out in the Southeast, right? It's like a highway, you know, a freeway um, where we've got cars going. Now, 
imagine like you are living out in the suburbs of your city or country or, or planet, wherever you are, the aliens, you're living out away and you're, you need to drive on this highway towards the city. So that's kind of like this idea of recovery. We need to go down a pathway. Now, each one of us has genetic and predisposing factors that uh, shape our highway. Okay, so some highways have um, a, a really high speed limit. It's like the autobahn, you know, off you go. It's a really fast recovery pathway. Some highways have lots of lanes of traffic. Some highways are double decker highways, you know, really crazy highways because each individual, like let's say you, Coach Nick, myself, have different recovery abilities. Most of that is, yes, genetic factors. Some of those are, you know, age-related. If I was in my 60s, I would not be able to recover the same way as I did in my 20s. Um, if I am having a chronic health disease, if I am living in a specific type of environment, um, these factors modify my highway, okay? Now, on this highway, Essentially, there is a predisposed time that it takes to go from like the suburbs to the city or going from, um, you know, minus one to zero on our SRA curve. We need to take the time to recover. Okay, there's no way to fast track. We all have our predisposed time to to make that distance, but there are factors that can slow down that recovery time. So I'll say it again, there's no real way to uh, like speed up time. There's only ways to slow down time. I mean, there are ways to speed up time if we're talking about enhancements. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, we're going into the fancy world. But, you know, the distance is still the distance. You need to go the distance like Hercules, okay? Now, in our highway analogy, what can happen is we can experience traffic on the highway. So when there's lots of stimulus, lots of stresses, lots of stuff on our highway, that can slow down going from point A to point B, going from minus one to zero where we're recovering, okay? So these things can be as simple uh, like external factors, you know, extra training sessions. So if you are doing the M Challenge training program, but you also want to do CrossFit, or you also want to play netball, or you also want to train to run a marathon or do extra cardio sessions. These are like uh, external stresses, external stimuluses that can um, add traffic to our highway. Your individual highway might be totally fine to have an extra car next to you and driving to the city um, or multiple cars. Maybe you, you are lucky enough that you can do a training program plus a maybe a fitness program plus a skills sports based program plus be able to go hiking every weekend. OK, that might be your highway and that's that can be totally appropriate. Um, or for others, you go to the gym twice a week is 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 traffic galore. That that's too much. So we need to appreciate that as well. So that's that's external ideas. Uh, other external stresses can be uh, things in your life that's happening. Um, I don't know, maybe you've you've caught a virus, you're unwell, um, maybe your, your kids are unwell, you're feeling a little bit stressed in that, that, that space, um, or other um, factors that are happening around your life. You've got a busy schedule, you've got things going on, it's a little bit chaotic, okay? External factors. We've also got internal factors that can add traffic to our environment, and they could be literally our, our thoughts and feelings um, around the, the weeks uh, close to our, our training sessions or around our recovery session, okay? Um, so that could be simply uh, associated to external stresses, like, hey, I'm stressed, 
that my kids are sick or I'm stressed that mortgage rates are going up or I'm, I'm stressed because I'm, I'm, I'm on this competition called the M challenge and I want to do really well. And that's adding extra stresses, adding more traffic onto our highway of recovery. Okay. Now these stresses um, aren't something that we can completely get rid of because they're just normal things in life. You know, a stressor could be that you woke up um, to your alarm and you want your body wanted an extra 20 minutes sleep and that's a stressor. So now you've got a little uh, motorbike on your highway with you. Okay. Or that you're not as hydrated as you want to be for your training session. That's another like little car on your highway. So we can't completely avoid stresses, but we can manage them the best that we can. Okay. And I am using stresses and stimulus, um, you know, the words interchangeably, but we're talking about things that we're applying to our body. Now, the cool thing is that if we have an appropriate amount of stress that we don't have a really backlog of um, traffic slowing down our recovery, our highway can get better. Right. So let's take maybe myself personally, you know, I've been training for a good decade, probably more given my time in, in, in school. Um, and for me, I've developed uh, a capacity for work. I can lift a certain amount of weight. I can complete a certain amount of activities in the gym so I can manage a lot more stresses in my body. Whereas if someone was deconditioned, they haven't trained for, you know, 20 years, uh, they're coming off of having, you know, two or three kids. They've got a busy um, life at, at work and, you know, lots of things going on they might not have the same capacity as me. So your highway can grow and adapt to what stresses you apply to it, okay? Now, talking about, you know, ways that we can eliminate or artificially add extra lanes to our highway, there's two big rocks, Nick, two big rocks to think about with our highway. First one uh, is sleep. Nick, you've already touched on it, where sleep is the uh, massive rock in our recovery ability. So when we are sleeping, we are recovering. I don't know the statistic that you're referring to, Nick, but that is the time where our body, you know, rest, digest. That's when we grow, we adapt, and we um, repair a lot of our body tissues. So if your sleep quality is poor, and I mean that purposely, sleep quality, not number of hours of sleep. Sleep quality is poor, uh, you know, you're gonna have a bad time, okay? Um, sometimes it's unavoidable, like my specific situation, you know, I'm waking up in the middle of the night with my, with my son, you know, feeding him or just waking up to a crying baby. Uh, you know, I, I can't take myself out of that environment unless I just thrust it all onto my wife, which isn't fair. So, you know, sometimes we can't change those environments. However, sometimes we can, you know, sometimes we can, you know, turn off the TV a little bit earlier, go to bed earlier. You know, sometimes we can, you know, make changes into our bedroom so that uh, maybe our pets don't sleep in the bed with us, or maybe, you know, we utilize a cooler temperature or get rid of some, some uh, blue light in the night or any disturbances in the night, or maybe modify your um, bedding furniture, like your, your, your mattress and your pillow. So you're more comfortable, you know, these types of things to make your sleep better. <clears throat> One little uh, anecdote for myself, I've had some really great success with a, a nasal strip, Nick, a nasal strip. I don't know if you've seen them, um, they're really cool. Uh, I have been told that sometimes I, I, I snore in the nights when I'm mm -hmm. like rolling to my back, okay. Uh, um, and I don't know this. So, um, you know, sometimes I use a nasal strip and anecdotally, I feel amazing when I wake up just from putting this nasal strip on. So I'm breathing better through my nose. So that's something I would invite people to try, um, just wear a nasal strip. You could buy them from Coles or Woolworths or, or any chemist. Um, the other one that I dabble sometimes in is uh, melatonin. And I wouldn't recommend that uh, long-term, um, but you know, if you uh, really wanna get a great night's sleep, um, supplementing with a low dose of melatonin, you know, two milligrams, maybe even up to five milligrams um, can be something that is uh, achievable. Um, and I've even seen some data that suggests that long-term use of low dose melatonin uh, doesn't have many 
any negative side effects. So that's something you can uh, research that I'd recommend you research more yourself. So if you are struggling with your sleep, maybe that's two areas to start with. And of course, sleep studies are always um, a thing you can do. Um, and even I've had family members talk about uh, trialing a CPAP machine and they've had really great success. So, you know, your health um, or sleep health uh, is something that you should be ashamed of and something that you can definitely uh, improve if you need more support around sleep, okay? The other big rock, Nick, is it has to be nutrition, okay? And more than just the foundation, which we talk a lot about, of, of calories. You know, we need to look beyond the calorie and talk about the nutrients we get from the food that we eat, okay? Now, the first rung, of course, needs to be macronutrients, where if you are having a diet that's really high in, let's say, carbohydrate and fat and really low in protein, uh, you're going to have a hard time recovering, especially from physical stresses if you are having a low protein intake. So that's, that's the first thing that we need to say. The next thing is the next rung above, which is micronutrients. So if you are choosing to get most of your calories from, um, I don't know, like hot chips and and potato cakes and, and kebabs, um, and that you're trying to really uh, stretch that if it fits your macros idea, uh, you might not have a fun time if you're not reaching adequate micronutrients. So my advice for people is to, you know, ensure that they're having lots of um, fruits and vegetables of a range of different colors so that they're getting a range of different micronutrients into their body. Uh, and then beyond the, the micronutrients we need to, of course, appreciate hydration, how much water we're consuming, and, and fiber content um, in, in the mix. And if we need to, utilizing any supplements to help meet our protein or micronutrients goals, okay? So the big rocks that we can appreciate to artificially modify our, our highways so we can increase our capacity. But the main point I wanted to take, Nick, is that it's really hard to determine what our highway is. We all have our unique highway and we don't really know or appreciate our, our highway unless we uh, uh, scale things back, okay? And what I mean by that is often people join the challenge, maybe they've been training a little bit, they train every day, they do seven sessions a day, plus they try to add in cardio, so they're doing maybe 10 sessions a week. Um, so their highway is constantly full of traffic. Their highway, all they know of is their highway to be like the the the... Monday morning rush to work, you know, the peak hour. That's all they know. They don't know what the highway is like when it's, you know, breezy, when it's like a river, when it flows. So um, my ad advice, maybe challenge uh, is scale things back a little bit, you know. Is there a way that you can reduce your stresses, right? Maybe maybe take a couple of days off from work if you can, of course. Maybe take a couple of days off from training if you can, of course. Uh, modify any external and internal stresses that you have. Improve your nutrition if you need to. Improve your sleep if you need to. And uh, feel what it's like when your recovery highway is uh, you know, flowing as it should be. And you may find that you very quickly go from... Um, you know, zero to minus one back to zero and then plus one very quickly or you may find out that you are actually cruising at like minus five and that's your normal, your minus five. And then once you go back to baseline, you're like, oh my God, I feel great. I'm getting PBs in the gym. And then you experience the adaption that comes afterwards, your plus one, plus twos. And you're like, oh my God, I've missed out on this the entire time. Okay. So Nick, big takeaway, SRA curve, appreciate the, the, the zero minus one, zero, then plus one that we all go through as we go through our superpower of adaption. Consider recovery as a highway, a pipeline. Um, you know, there are other artificial ways that we can speed up recovery. Maybe, I don't know, there's not good literature around things like 
I don't know, massage, cryotherapies, you know, hot and cold or other types of um, therapeutic interventions. It's not good evidence to support that. We all have our own time that it takes to go from the outer suburbs to the city. You know, we can't make it go any faster. We can only manage the other stresses on our highway. Ooh, that deserves a round of applause. Um, Anecdotally, I completely agree uh, simply because, you know, my highway used to have, it was a constant traffic jam and cars would get through eventually, but now it's much more streamlined. So just for example, I never used to be able to, it was a big deal if I could do a couple of reps of a hundred kilos for a squat. Now that is um, just like no dramas for me. Um, even on a hack squat, like it's, it's amazing just simply because I've freed my whole highway up for Waitsville. Destination Waitsville. Yeah, <laughs> Destination Waitsville. So um, when I was trying to do triathlon weights, Spinville, like all these different towns, my car didn't know where to go and it was just stuck on this highway and it, it was going there and it went to all the towns, but it just, I don't know if it went very well. <laughs> so now we've got a Ferrari. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And look, the the only other, uh, uh, you know, steel man of my point today is that um, some may listen to this and take it to the extreme where they go, oh, well, hold on. Coach Steve said that I should only be doing the M Challenge training program and that's it because that's all I can uh, uh, manage on my highway. And and, and that's not the, the point I'm trying to make here. Uh, the, the, the main takeaways is that we are all unique in our own highway. Some of us, you know, just doing the M Challenge training program is a cakewalk. Some of us doing training to a high intensity is a cakewalk. Um, you know, some of us can do, um, you know, seven days of training plus um, athletic performance um, plus, you know, skills training. Look at, you know, any athlete of any pro sport, they're doing, um, you know, training to build their bodies plus skill work plus game days. You know, they've got lots of stresses plus all the other things going on in their lives as well. So humans are really adaptable. We can manage quite a bit, especially in short term. You know, if you are joining the challenge for the first time and, you know, you're increasing the traffic on your highway, look, you know, over a 12 week period, you might manage with a little bit of traffic on your highway because we're trying to get as as much as we can out of the challenge and that can be appropriate so if you're reaching out to us saying oh you know i want to uh, go for a walk with my friends do you reckon that's too much um training is it going to hinder my recovery the answer is yeah like look it's going to add a car to your your highway but it might be very manageable it might be something that you could do and if there are other benefits out of it nick such as hey you're going to go catch up with your friends and go for a walk that's awesome like take that extra bit of um you know stimulus onto your body so that you can enjoy that process as well so think of it like that if you are umming and ahhing oh you know should i uh, go for a hike because it's you know for a good cause or um you know should i go and do the gardening today <laughs> um or you know go fix the the the, the bathroom because i've got a leaky tap and going to be a big job you know they're all going to be stresses extra cars on our highway but we can't be afraid completely of adding cars to our highway because we know it's going to lead to, you know, a traffic jam. Um, that's the only rebuttal to this entire idea is that we can't be afraid, but if we want to optimize as best as we can, we need to understand to manage it, Nick, and manage it appropriately and know when to have peak hour on our highway because that that's a normal thing because peak hour always calms down as well. That's true. That's what highways are for. So, yeah, yeah we're yeah. all good. So good. Nick, we've covered a lot today, talking a lot about audits, 
uh, especially as we get deeper into the challenge and the concept of the recovery highway. And of course, acknowledging our future alien overlords, uh, hopefully once I, I pass, but I'll be uploaded onto the computer so they can, I can chat with aliens from a computer. I reckon it'll be great. Whew, Nick, Excellent. how exciting today. You go do that now. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, let us know and we'll catch you next week for episode number nine of the Coach's Corner. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.